WCBN.org. 15 seconds remain. Hunwick has it. Forward to Tambellini. Tambellini, he'll shoot. Save there, and the rebound comes to Hunwick. Six seconds remain. Tambellini shoots and scores. It comes around to Jeff Tambellini at the near side circle with 5.3 seconds remaining. Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead. Listening to 88.3 WCBN FM Ann Arbor. I hate you, you hate me. Let's team up and kill Barney with a knife in hand and a gun to his head. Oh my goodness, Barney's dead. I hate you, you hate me. Let's team up and kill Barney with a knife. dead. Well, welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. Newt does bear a striking resemblance to Barney. The He's got short arms and he's purple. Sort of Isn't Barney purple? Small head and the large bottom. Yeah, the big fig is fading quick. I thought that that whole uh, incident involving him and Donald Trump was uh, quite hilarious. Priceless. Yeah, he thought he was going to get the endorsement. And uh, I guess he leaked information to the media about it, and it didn't happen. What a great endorsement it would have been, too, because, uh, interestingly, according to the Pew Research Center, uh, a survey last month found that 20% of likely Republican voters said a Trump endorsement would make them less likely to support a candidate, while 13% said it would make them more likely. The vast majority, 64%, said that it would make no difference. Yeah, well, That I... 64% kind of almost restores my faith in the American voting public. Well, the thing that's bizarre about <clears throat> Mitt Romney even... I, if I were him, I would have just said "ho hum." Yeah, because uh, Donald Trump, of course, is uh, a real estate mogul, uh, heavily in debt. Uh, no one exactly knows if if he's even worth a penny because real estate is uh, 
hard to liquidate sometimes. He's had to refinance a number of times over the years. Well, at this point, he's essentially a media, media sensation yeah. and uh, uh, kind of a walking hairpiece display. But uh, And a strange-looking man. <laughs> a strange-looking fellow, indeed. Uh, he's probably taking uh, injections of, like, lamb gonads or something. <laughs> Some sort of monkey spleen serum. <laughs> But uh, uh, Gingrich's pithy uh, little comment is amusing, and I'm sure we can count on the big fig for some more pithy, sort of pissy little moments. Uh, but uh, he says that uh, touring a factory in Las Vegas, Gingrich said he was amazed by the level of public interest in Trump. Uh, okay. Um, I didn't know that there were manufacturing in Las Vegas. I'm not sure what that factory was. Since Nude is heavily funded by a casino owner, yeah. I wonder what kind of a factory he was touring. Maybe it was where they make the sequins for the pasties. Well, and of course, the me media mogul, actually the gambling mogul that's been funding Gingrich, uh, is doing so mainly because of the, uh, the sort of right-wing... Yeah. positions that uh, Newt Gingrich takes on Israel. It was fascinating to listen to uh, Newt Gingrich's uh, acceptance speech following the Florida <laughs> debacle for him, where he detailed all the things he was going to do in his first uh, six hours in office. Then we'll have time to go to the balls. <laughs> uh, rather remarkable stuff. Uh, talk about a grandiose or uh, pious baloney. It was a combination of both. So we give him a brain damage award for uh, kind of misreading everything. Um, and I'm sure uh, he's going to take it on the chin a couple more times in, in these upcoming uh, caucuses and primaries up until Super Tuesday. In fact, it's uh, amazing how well Romney did in many of those states uh, last time around. So uh, while uh, Newt vows to fight to the convention... His re really, his only chance is to get Santorum out of the race. And if he can't do that rather quickly... Um, and that seems almost an inevitability, yeah. uh, whether Newt were there or not. I just don't think Santorum has the funding. No. Uh, or anything like momentum. I mean, he hasn't even really been in the news. Well, and that was the irony of the evangelical convention in Texas a couple of weeks ago in which uh, they endorsed Rick Santorum. And that... I think gave Santorum the false sense of uh, hope that he could make a move. He's not even beating Ron Paul in some of these races and, and uh, seems to be banking on a uh, beauty contest in Missouri tomorrow <laughs> where there are no delegates at stake, which uh, to me is, very, is, is rather troubling because uh, next to Ohio, Missouri is the most closely battled state in general elections and the most indicative of which candidate ultimately wins. Uh, always keep your eye on Missouri and Ohio. They're the closest. They are the two bellwether states. Mm. Missouri, of course, got disqualified by the RNC because they uh, uh, moved their primary up, sort of oh, the okay. way Michigan did right. with the Democrats last time around to uh, enhance their influence. Mm -hmm. But they probably would have been better off sticking with whatever original date they had because now they've uh, undermined their influence. And it wasn't a real good week for Romney, despite uh, impressive uh, wins in uh, in Florida and Nevada. Of course, Nevada, I would uh, handicap as a kind of a home win. Uh, turns <laughs> out that 
25% of the Republican uh, electorate that attended the caucuses were Mormons. Indeed, which led to a uh, most hysterical headline in the Financial Times, Mormons set to back Romney. <laughs> yeah. News flash, this just in. And, of course, Romney had a bad week with the uh, comments about the poor. Uh, I would have never accepted... I would have maybe acknowledged the Trump uh, endorsement, but I don't think I would have made an appearance with him. Uh, That struck me as another mistake because, uh, you know, earlier in the campaign, uh, Romney had boasted that he loved firing people, which uh, seems to be one of uh, Donald Trump's endearing qualities. That's what's made him famous. And he said something to the effect that it was a sort of a dream come true to get this endorsement from Trump. Like it was an achievement of some sort. Like, as if he's a power broker right. in the Republican Party. I, I, I don't actually have the thing with me, but I did save a clipping from a number of years ago in which Donald Trump just absolutely blasts George Bush. This is like mm. back in 2006, 2007, attacking him on the economy, the Iraq war, et cetera, et cetera. Donald Trump loves uh, kicking people when they're down, and uh, he thinks that Obama is down, but Obama's not down. Obama's approval ratings have sort of vacillated between the 48 and 43 percent number for quite a number of months, and he's been getting small bumps in the polls recently, uh, while Romney is going way down amongst independents, thanks uh, in in part due to his own gaffes and uh, the attacks by Gingrich and Rick Perry primarily, who of course is uh, back in Texas licking his wounds, trying to figure out where his boots are. See if they still fit. Uh, his hat certainly doesn't. But uh, yeah, well, you this know, you know, Shemp yeah. is uh, uh, vowing to fight until the end of the nomination with some. I, I made a comment about this last week. I don't quite understand how Ron Paul is going to influence the platform at the convention, since he's basically at odds with the Republican Party on virtually every this issue. Is true. Uh, I mean, pretty much across the board on foreign policy. Yeah, he's got this. Sort of knee-jerk uh, viewpoint about uh, limited government, and has scored some points with people that I don't think know much about American history regarding the Federal Reserve. I'd like to point out that it's quite well established that economic panics and uh, depressions/slash recessions in the 19th century, before the Federal Reserve existed, were far more frequent and far uh, more enduring in length, and. Uh, Needless to say, there was a jobs report over the weekend uh, that uh, does not hurt uh, Barack Obama. Uh, it indicates once again that, uh, you know, the, the, the basics of the report were that 257,000 private sector jobs were re, uh, reported in uh, January, a net gain of 243,000. Government cutbacks in, in uh, job uh, Jobs is, is kind of coming to an end here. In other words, they've done all the cutting they can do. Some states, in fact, are even beginning to experience surpluses. And I pointed out that auto sales have been up uh, now eight months in a row. Job creation is meandering upward. And indeed, with this report uh, and the revisions over the last two months, there's been more than 200,000 jobs created in three months in a row. And I think it's always, uh, with economic data, 
not important to look at just simply monthly numbers, but trends. Where mm. are the graphs going? And uh, the more and more I'm looking at the year 2007 as I'm beginning to sort of unravel the financial crisis, uh, you're beginning to see that I, I think that the, the books were somewhat uh, obscured in 2007 about the real problems in the economy. Um, the official start of the recession was uh, late 2007, but I think it started earlier than that. And what's fascinating to me, what obscured the real problems in the economy were uh, the iPhone was introduced in the early part of 2007, and the Kindle, that's the product that Amazon yes. has created uh, to compete sort of at uh, some level in the so-called uh, tablet book, whatever market you want to call it. E-book. E-book reader, um, which, by the way, they're selling at losses, apparently, uh, to uh, enhance your connections to their corporation. Strange stuff, indeed. Take the hardware for cheap, buy the software. That's it. Get get connected to our warehouse sort of thing. Um, those were products that were created that year that created a big technology bump in the stock market. Hmm. And this obscured the fact that the housing market was collapsing slowly but surely. There were problems in the, in the subprime loan. It's interesting to... Uh, observed that, for instance, in October of 2007, uh, Paul Krugman, in one of his interesting critiques of what was going on at the Federal Reserve and the subprime market, is pointing out that uh, Merrill Lynch, which, of course, eventually went bankrupt the next uh, two years later, actually it merged with Bank of America, but it was essentially bankrupt uh, in early September of uh, 2008, so basically one year later, excuse me, um, he announces in a uh, 26th of October 2007 column that Merrill Lynch just announced an $8.4 billion write-down because of bad loans, $3 billion more than it had announced just a week earlier. Those are the gathering storm clouds. And, of course, in 2007, the media was most interested in the uh, surge in Iraq. Mm. The hyperbole about the surge, because as we pointed out here on Gray Matters back then, there really wasn't a surge. America just simply replaced uh, coalition force, forces that were being withdrawn by the coalition of the willing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting that e even this past month, 21,000 construction jobs were uh, uh, created. Um and they attribute that, by the way, to the warmer-than-normal uh, weather uh, here in the uh, continental 48 states. And that over the last two months, even 82,000 manufacturing jobs have been created. So it's very interesting that Obama, with his last couple of weeks, focusing on manufacturing. Look, the housing mess is, is, is going to take years to unravel this this. Recent primary in both Florida and Nevada, two of the hardest hit states in mm -hmm. terms of uh, home foreclosures and housing problems, are an example of, of, of financial bubbles and booms that are created with uh, easy credit, uh, poor regulation, uh, the various problems that Mitt Romney simply wants to return to. What's his economic solution? Cut taxes for the very wealthy, his tax... Uh, Proposals are now being picked apart uh, and increased defense spending. 
We've heard this uh, recipe before. This is the recipe that the GOP has delivered to the American people over the last 30 years. It didn't work in the 80s. It didn't work in the noughties under uh, George W. Bush. And uh, what, what, what it will do is increase the deficits. Um, as for Mitt Romney fixing the safety net, uh, just remarkable um, tinned-earedness, I guess, is the good description of that. Well, I would characterize his whole uh, series of comments there as just a good example of how this guy cannot think on his feet, that this guy does have an aloofness to him yeah. that's inescapable. Uh, I mean, the quote about I'm not concerned about the very poor, we have a safety net there. If it needs repair, I'll fix it. Uh, I'm quoting from uh, James Politi's article in the uh, writing from Tampa, Florida in the Thursday, February 2nd Financial Times. Uh, Romney went on to say he was also not preoccupied with the wealthiest Americans who are, quote, doing just fine. Uh, instead, quote, I'm concerned about the very heart of America, the 90 percent, the 95 percent of Americans who are struggling right now. Well, well, even the, even as that a, yeah. as a Christian, yeah. you can't just say I'm not concerned about the very poor. That's just rings false you could say again appealing to this middle ground that mm -hmm. every country every society is going to have its very poor and there is some responsibility to see to that and we will continue to do so he might have said something like that uh let's focus on the working class uh, the middle class which is of course the real engine of american economic security the people who just earn their family living mm -hmm. and uh, small businesses and so forth. But instead he goes off onto this, uh, I don't know, is he trying to echo the Occupy movement by saying, I'm talking to the 90%, the 95%? Whereas if we go to the very end of uh, Politi's article, he uh, writes, according to the U.S. Census Bureau's latest data, the U.S. poverty rate using a threshold $22,350 annual uh, household income hit 15.1% in 2010, or 46 million people. This is its highest level since the early 90s. Uh, his math is wrong on the numbers of people suffering. There are way more very poor mm -hmm. than anybody's willing to acknowledge. The middle class has been under attack for decades uh, by Republican uh, fiscal policies. And so uh, this is just a lot of hooey. Well, and the priorities are wrong. And plus, I would, I would even argue with him on the issue of the 90 to 95 percent. Um, you know, the, the, the numbers are clear. The, the, the poverty rate went up in the 80s when Reagan was president. Mm -hmm. um, and those rates uh, that, that, you know, we're seeing now are, are similar. Uh, it went it went down in the 90s. Um, Bill Clinton increased the minimum wage. Correct. You'll recall that Bill, uh, Ronald Reagan froze the minimum wage for eight years. Actually, George W. H. Bush uh, got to be prudent. He was prudent. He raised the minimum wage. Actually, I think once or twice. Um, even talked about a kinder, general, gentler form of conservatism. Romney's brand of conservatism is a, is, a, is a kind of peculiar thing. He's trying to overcompensate for the fact that he's really not a politician. He's just not a natural. No. Newt Gingrich is. He's just an idiot. <laughs> Romney's problem is he's just not a politician. He doesn't have that kind of warmth. Yeah, he's a manager. I, I, I'll give him credit. He's straight. He's 
I think he's honest. I don't think he's a crook. I, I you know, it's clear that he gives quite a bit of money to charity. Um, I think he's a decent guy, but I don't think he can mix it up in a in a tavern. I don't think you'd catch him bowling. If he tried to bowl a ball, it would go right in the gutter <laughs> or through the floor. He'd have to hire a consultant to figure out how to. How exactly do I do this? You know? Do I need the glove? The shoes are mandatory, correct? Yeah, yeah. The shoes. Are, okay, the shoes. Oh, the shoes look great. Thanks for that. Thanks well, that was the, like George H.W. Bush grocery shopping. Yeah, you know, exactly. Utterly out of touch with everyday realities for 90% of Americans. Yeah. And the thing about the, you know, when you look at these numbers, obviously there are clear problems with the, with the, the lower end of the lower middle class. You know, the, the bottom 40%. Let's forget about the $46 million for a second. Um, that's basically the poor poor. Mm. But there's a real problem with the lower middle class in America. They're the people that are really falling behind. And this idea that uh, 90% of us are struggling is, is, a bit of a, is a bit of a falsehood. We're, yes, middle class families are struggling with the fact that college tuition keeps skyrocketing. Health care costs keep skyrocketing. And that's where those lower middle class families are less and less able yeah. to send kids to college. And corporations are, are cutting back in the in coverage of pensions. We pointed this out a couple weeks ago with a Harper statistic that that had gone down from just an astonishing number over the last uh, 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 30 years. Uh, the, the number of uh, defined pensions, you know, used to be in the 40s. The 40% of corporations had these uh, programs. And this, of course, is one of the reasons why uh, General Motors had to be bailed out. If the, if the uh, government did not bail out General Motors to keep it a, as an operational ongoing concern, first of all, all the car companies in America probably would have collapsed uh, due to lack of car parts. And we saw this problem last year, mm -hmm. by the way, with the uh, tsunami in Japan. This tsunami in Japan had an impact on the American economy last year. It did take a little bit of the momentum that was beginning to develop after the stimulus um, out, of, out, out of the equation. Um, Toyota and, and Honda were having problems with car parts due to the tsunami. And this hurt the global economy. And obviously the problems in Europe continue. Um, very troubling, by the way, to, to hear that they're... Main proposal to uh, have Greece accept this austerity package is basically a cut in pay of 20%. <laughs> a cut in pensions, you know. Um, the austerity measures are not working in Great Britain uh, under the uh, leadership of, of uh, Mr. Cameron. And he's got his own problems. And last week I was mentioning this, uh, what really happened to Dominic Strauss-Kahn uh -huh. article and i wanted to mention this because I, I i think if you want to see a mystery movie that this needs to be made into a movie about how this guy was set up and he was set up and they, they wanted to get him out of the presidential election in france this was an intelligence operation he was a, a sucker uh you can't set a an angel up <laughs> this is true uh, but it's quite clear that this uh, hotel maid, uh, from the details of this article by Edward J. Epstein. Now, I mention him uh, because he's a fascinating uh, person in and of himself. He wrote one of the early critiques of the Warren Commission, a book called hmm. Inquest. Uh, this was a master's uh, thesis that he turned into a book. 
It was basically a critique of the Warren Commission that was published either in 66 or 67. Probably should have brought my copy in with me. Uh, and then he wrote another book later in the 70s about uh, called Legend, which is which sort of turned into a uh, fictional novel at one point by Dom DeLillo. Very interesting about the uh, obsession that James Angleton had trying to find the mole. Uh. And the, 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 the defectors that came from the Soviet Union, Galitsyn and uh, Nosenko, that figured into the uh, Kennedy assassination in very elliptical ways. But he goes into a very interesting detail about what really happened to Strauss-Kahn. Uh, and the reason that I recommend this article, uh, not only because it's interesting in terms of the actual mysteries involved, but it's the surveillance, it's the cameras, it's the cell phones. We heard a lot about this last week with this uh, IPO involving uh, Facebook. All right. They're going to get rich. Um, and uh, people are volunteering their information to Facebook. Their subscriber base is up to something like 800 million. Uh, they have growing markets in Turkey and Brazil and India and Pakistan, as well as the United States. And this is just fascinating stuff regarding the issue of privacy and uh, the new corporate world of electronic surveillance. And what's interesting about the article, because I don't want to go into all the details of it, uh, we can uh, pick this up in the upcoming weeks, because I think it, when the French election comes up, because obviously Dominic Strauss-Kahn is uh, out of the running, but it's fascinating, because this details his movements based on his uh, cell phone use and the maid's um, uh, electronic key entrance thing. Oh, right, the pass card. The pass card that documents her movements and her suspicious uh, movements in and out of room 2820, which was adjacent to the presidential suite where Dominic Strauss-Kahn was staying. Uh, I think it's quite clear they planted DNA evidence that they'd obtained somehow, somewhere, against Dominic Strauss-Kahn. I'm not sure if there was sex in this hotel room, but I don't think there was a uh, forced sexual encounter because the timing doesn't uh, match up very well. Well, the thing about surveillance in a digital age is that in the old days, there had actually had to be a physical bug in place. Somebody had to yeah. invade your properties, plant a bug, and then monitor that from an outside site. Think of uh, the underrated, outstanding movie by Francis Ford Coppola called The Conversation. Conversation, one of the great uh, paranoid thrillers of the 70s, uh, to be sure. And, and I think uh, I would agree, one of Coppola's finest films. Uh, just for the sound design alone, that film is an amazing achievement. But uh, we no longer live in that age. We live in the age where you're automatically surveilled 24 hours a day based on anybody's need or desire even to see where you are. They no longer need to place or plant anything. Yeah. Uh, so many millions of people willingly jump into the uh, open surveillance pool that is Facebook. Yeah, and, and, uh, and of course, we don't even know about some of this surveillance because, uh, by the way, the article is in the uh, December 22nd, uh, 2011 edition of the New York Review of Books. You can probably look that up maybe online or uh, at the public library. They still have hard copies in uh, our outstanding Ann Arbor Public Library uh, down on Fifth Avenue. Don't be deterred by the ongoing construction. 
But it's amazing that there are, well, elite hotels, I can see. But restaurants in New York, he's seen entering, he's seen leaving on surveillance cameras. They're all over the place. And obviously this this, uh, maid, uh, uh, Diallo, could not have known (laughs) about what ultimately happened because the case against Dominic Strauss-Kahn was uh, dropped by the New York City prosecutors despite the fact that he may or may not have committed a crime because she consistently had given, quote, irreconcilable accounts about what happened. She did not mention going in and out of this room 2820, which she apparently did both before and after the encounter, the encounter, the alleged encounter in the presidential suite. And it's very interesting that she went in prior to um, uh, her contacting security. So she went into this 2820 room and back into the Dominic Strauss room after she ever called security. It's fascinating in this in this account how these um, security people, there's an unidentified man who is seen on a video camera uh, at 20, 1251. Uh, a guy named Yearwood had come down from the presidential suite on the 28th floor, which he had entered at 20, at 1251, according to key records, Year would remain close to Diallo as he spoke to Adrian Branch, the chief of security for the hotel, who remained behind the half-shut door of the security office. She can be seen gesturing with her hands for about four minutes, pointing to different parts of her body, suggesting that she was telling her story and retelling it. At 128, Sheehan, still on his way to the hotel, sent a text message to uh, Yearwood. And then another text message to an unidentified recipient at 1.30. At 1.31, one hour after Diallo had first told a supervisor she'd been assaulted, Adrian Branch placed a 911 call to the police. Less than two minutes later, the footage from the two surveillance cameras, because basically Epstein is reporting about the surveillance cameras that are showing these two guys meeting with Diallo, This uh, same unidentified man who had accompanied the Diallo to the security office at 1252 there, the two men high-five each other, clap their hands, and do what what looks like an extraordinary dance of celebration that lasts for three minutes. Hmm. Of course, lost in all of this orchestration, sounds very orchestrated indeed, is is the probably pretty high likelihood that the average French voter is ultimately not going to care too much if a politician has been accused of a dalliance with a maid at a hotel. Exactly. And yet somebody went to some laborious plans to do so. We'll have to talk about uh, Syria next week. Uh, That situation continues to get worse and worse. And I suppose before we wrap up the show for today, I have to give a quick brain damage award to uh, Pete Hoekstra's really bizarrely racist oh, yes. ad during yeah. the Super Bowl. Horrible. Um, you can read all about that. Uh, we'll maybe talk about it later, but it's just embarrassing. And uh, a brain damage award. A brain damage award indeed. And we'd like to thank uh, Andrew for engineering this evening. Do stay tuned. Uh, Yazoo City Calling is coming up next right here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Uh, probably Jerry Mack is in the house, ready to rock and roll. So uh, take it over, Yazoo City Calling. This next song I'm playing is the name of the Oklahoma City Blues. I made that. <laughs> 
your heart about the bombing people. Well, over yonder, Oklahoma City, 